Hello, good morning. My name is the Mute Poet, and I have here with me Kevin Wilson. <laughs> and uh, this morning <laughs> we're going to do a little bit of a poetry talk with you. And uh, I am so excited to bring this brand new show. So it's called Poetry Talks, and it's via the FCC Radio. We are going to discuss poetry and how it, in, it interferes with our everyday life and how it ha- help us going, right? So the first poem, the first poet that I bought is Lucille Clifton. Do you know anything about Lucille Clifton? Actually, I don't. So Lucille Clifton, I love you. <laughs> um, actually, I don't. So Lucille Clifton is... And was, she passed away. She's an, uh, she was an American poet. And um, she was a poet laureate of Maryland. And um, she worked um, in the government, in the government positions for most of her life. That's nice. She was a finalist for the Pulitzer Prize twice. Wow. So she's pretty awesome. So um I'm choosing her because she has a very interesting point of view on what poetry is. Okay. Right? So I'm just going to go. Um, would you mind reading that first paragraph and tell us? Sure. For me, poetry is a way of living in the world. I don't do it to be studied, though I do recognize the value of those things. A way of trying to express something that is very difficult to express. It's a way of trying to come to peace with the world. The mistake that teachers make about art and poetry is that they think it is about answers. It is not about that. It's about questions. So, you come to poetry not out of what you know, but out of what you wonder. And everyone wonders something differently and at different times. It is not a mistake to try and figure out the, the ways mm-hmm. that is crafted, but it's crafting. It is not what it is. Beautifully. Have you reading and uh, have you written any poems yourself? Yeah, I've wrote like I said before prior to the show. I wrote poems when I was younger, so I would say, you know, like middle school days and stuff. Um, my teachers used to have us write a lot of poems back then. Elementary school as well, but the most most recent poem for me was uh, I would say twenty twenty one. 2021 that's not long ago no it's not but um i still have a lot of love for for poetry in general but it's you know just just college has just been overwhelming me so i just don't have time anymore i remember when i was in college i had no time at all but i still find a way as i was an undergrad right at fcc and i fell in love with writing and poetry during my time as an undergrad and I just wanted to keep going and, and write poetry. But now I just do it because I like poetry for the sake of poetry. Like she said, we don't have to write poetry um, like for, for, for it to be studied. It's a way for you to come at peace with the world. Like for me, I've gone through a lot of personal traumas in my life, you know, being a black woman, an immigrant, a mother. There's a lot of trauma, so that helps me to express all of those traumas that I've been through. So that's why I keep writing it and keep going back to it. All right. So we bought for you today two poems, right, by Lucille Clifton, of course. 
So the first one is called, Won't You Celebrate With Me? I'm going to give it a read. Won't you celebrate with me what I have shaped into a kind of life? I had no model, born in Babylon, both non-white and woman. What did I see to be except myself? I made it up here on this bridge between starshine and clay. My one hand holding tight, my other hand. Come celebrate with me that every day something has tried to kill me and has failed. As far, that, that's deep. <laughs> that's one hell of a poem. Just think about it every day on your way here, when you're coming to school, you went to subway. Absolutely. As a black man. Even worse, honestly. Anything could happen. They really can, you know, and I'm glad you mentioned that, you know, we're in the concrete jungle, New York City, and anything could happen here, you know. Um, I see you every day, you know, just... People come on the train with so much attentions and stuff. Yeah. You know, you never know what people could do, you know. So it's, uh, I always keep a high alert on me, you know, just being aware of stuff. Yeah. Because, uh, you know. Yeah, I, I was talking about that with a friend the other day because I have a, a toddler, but he's two. Okay. But he's going to be a young black man in America. Right. And you know what happens to young black men in America. Yeah, we do. So uh, I'm very much worried, right? Whenever um, I read the, those couple of, of lines that every day something has tried to kill me. Right, that was a good line. They, I'm raising this young boy, but in the back of my head, I kept thinking, like, something's going to try to kill this little black boy every single day. And what can I do as a mother to stop that from happening? Right. Right? What what has your experience been as a teenager in America, as a black teen in America? Well, I've seen a lot, you know, just from other people's experiences, you know, you know, back in 2020, you know, the George Floyd thing, you know, that opened my eyes so much. Well, that shook the world. It did. I mean, I mean, it, I wouldn't say it opened, it opened my eyes. Cause I knew about it already since like the, you know, the Eric Gardner situation, you know, years ago, you know, so I knew about this already. Um, but you know, I've, I've dealt with, you know, police stuff before I've been stopped by the police before. Uh, wow. I have, um, I still remember this day like it was yesterday. You want to share? Yeah. So, uh, I was in middle school. Middle school. Yeah. So you're like 12. I was, yeah, I was a minor. I wasn't. You still a child. I'm 13. Yeah. So I'm 22 now, but like I was a minor at the time. I remember this day so well. It was crazy. Cause like, you know, I was just so clueless. Cause like, yeah. You know, when, so yeah, I was walking to the bus stop and I was with a group of friends. Well, you know, a few of my friends and uh, other people. I, yeah. I, I didn't really consider them my friends. Yeah. But, um, so, um, here he was walking. I was eating a sandwich. This was after school. Sandwich at the bodega. Yeah. I was hungry. <laughs> <laughs> so, but let me, get a, let me get a snack, you know. Um, yes, I was walking, you know, peacefully, just chilling. And I saw an NYPD car, you know, stroll by. I said, oh, you know, see him every day. Big deal. And then it stops. 
I was like, mm-hmm. whoa. Then it busted a U-turn. I was mm-hmm. like, okay, uh, this is getting a little sketchy. Yeah. So in the back of my mind, I thought it was going to stop uh-huh. somebody else. Yeah. Or make a U-turn and just go straight up, the, go back up the block. And then it just, it didn't even make a full U-turn. It stopped right at the curb. Mm-hmm. Two cops got out. And then they instantly points at me. I was like, whoa, whoa. What's happening? Whoa. So, but I kept calm because I knew that, you know, if you retaliate a certain way, they will also retaliate a certain way. So you got to, you got to work with them. So I was calm about it. You know, they was like, oh, um, where are you coming from? I was like, I'm close to, you know, school. But wait, hold on before you continue. But didn't they see like your boot bag? Yeah. Hello? You coming from school? Yeah, I was like, I was coming from school. I stopped to get a sandwich and stuff, and that's really all I said. And I don't remember else, um, really about the conversation. But the next, but the question they do they asked was about a stolen iPad, apparently. Stolen iPad. I was like, I was like, are you serious? Does it look like I will steal an iPad? <laughs> Why would I do it? I was so confused. I was like, iPad. I was like, no. What? Because I knew I didn't do it. I was like, I was like, and it and it was like, can we search it back? I was like, sure. I mean, there's a lot in there. So, I mean, that's the whole point. I'm trying to make people see, like, just because you're walking, you 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 are supposed to be able to walk down the street with your friend without cops assuming that you stole an iPod. What were your feelings like? Were you like shaking? I was. I was really confused. I wasn't even scared. I was just confused. <laughs> It wasn't even, I wasn't scared at all. I was, I was just confused. I was like, what happened? I was like. But imagine you, you, you didn't even hit 18 yet. And no, I did. Wow. Was, yeah, so I learned from an early age. I was like, wow, this is really what can happen, you know. It's real. With the skin color I got, you know. And I'm sorry it happened to you. You didn't deserve that. Yeah. It's... I'm sorry to hear that. It's okay. Yeah, but this, uh, I don't know, 13, I mean, teenagers. I mean, when you are in, in I, uh, I teach middle school students. When you're in middle school, you're not thinking about things like that. Oh, no, like, no, you're not. Your hormones take over your body, right? And you, you, you to be able to be able to experience something like that. And at such, such a young age and other kids that are not, not black are not experiencing is traumatic in itself and i think you know people the higher ups right should look into that and make better laws they really really should because i have a younger cousin you know i could, I could kind of relate to your situation with your son mm-hmm. you know um my cousin lives in georgia you know he's by six seven years old you know a little older but I still you know i worry about him too because you know he's a you know he's already smart already he yeah. he has a great knowledge about the world and stuff yeah, but um, you know, as he gets older, you know, the cops down there are even worse than the cops here. Right. So, you know, I'm just worried that you know, when he gets to a certain age where you know the cops could you know like start you know yeah doing that you know I'm just hope that they just yeah don't just be peaceful about it, and yeah. I also want him to be peaceful about it too. Like just be like. We have to be calm. Yeah, we have to teach them to show them. Because you know. the problem is a lot of a lot of us tend to refuse. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. So if you cooperate with them, then they cooperate with you. Mm-hmm. Because 
it will make the situation or whatever de-escalate. But what about even if you cooperate, things like that still happen? Well, that's just, that's just, well, that's just, it paints a bigger picture at that point. Because my, I have a brother, but that didn't happen in this, in, um, in, um, in New York, it happened in Florida. Um, he was just walking down the street and they mistaken him for somebody who stole a car. Yeah. Oh, wow. And he, he was like, he was just walking down the street, going to the supermarket. And he told him, I had nothing to do with this. I don't know what you're talking about. And they arrested him, took him to, yeah, took him to jail. They took his phone, took everything. So we're trying to find him. Cause he's he's eight. He was eighteen at that time, but we were we because he went to the supermarket and never came back. So we already thinking like we're gonna call the morgues. We're gonna do everything because it's not good because it's been more than um forty hours. So we contacted the precinct and everything. And when after we found him and he was in a jail cell with all of these other criminals in there, yeah. And I was like. What what happened? Why why did you arrest him when he told you he wasn't the person that you're looking for? And they were like, "Oh man, we're very sorry. It was a mistake. Blah blah blah. This has never happened." And then they released him to us, to 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 the family. And then he came home without his phone, because because they took his phone. <laughs> so we went back to the precinct trying to retrieve his phone, and we never got it till this day. So they get a new phone. Yeah, we had to get him a new phone because they, they didn't want to give it to us. They wanted him to come back to the preset and get it, but he had such a traumatic experience. He didn't want to go back there. I don't blame him at all. I completely understand. And that's another thing, too. Like that That's what baffles me so much. If the person says that, oh, you know, that's not me. I'm I'm not part of that situation. Why can't I just be like, okay, we're sorry. Have a good day. Instead of taking, yeah, I, I mean, I know it doesn't work that way. But I'm just saying, like, it's just, it's more common sense. It's like, if you, I can't even explain it. Clearly. I know. Wouldn't it be wonderful if you live in a world where we tell them and then they believe us? I wonder where that worry exists is that. <laughs> Well, I'm very, I'm very hopeful. Even if I don't live to see it, that my children's children will be able to see that day. Yeah, hopefully. All right, all right. We're gonna move on. At the conversation went sideways, but that's okay because mm-hmm. that, yeah, poetry parks sparks conversation, and that's what it's all about. So we're gonna go to the second poem. Um, Kevin, you wanna give it a read for us? Sure. I am running into a new year, and the old years blow back like a wind that I catch in my hair. Like strong fingers, like old, like all my old promises, and it will be hard to let go of what I said to myself about myself. When I was 16 and 26 and 36, even 36, but I am running into a new year, and I beg what I love and, and I leave to forgive me. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I like this a lot because we are in a new year now. We <laughs> are. So, uh, it's actually a what a coincidence. We're in twenty twenty three. Um, I do like the first, the second, third sentence. Whoa. Wait, which one? The the third line. Yeah, third line. But she said, um, okay. and the old years blow back 
like a wind, you know. Um, Tell me more about that. Yeah, I, well, I'm going to just try to make a connection to that. Mm-hmm. You know, like last year, 2022, you know, was a, was a good year, you know. felt It was a much better year than 2021, you know. Oh, definitely. You know, for me personally, um, you know, there were some cool. there were some things that you know were still a little that were still um nagging me, but um also back blow from the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah, twenty twenty two felt like the first normal year that we had yeah, in a long time. So it did. um It did. Yeah, twenty twenty one was just terrible. I was ready for it to be over. But twenty twenty two was good. It was it was a good year, you know. Um just and this is what I love about poetry. Even though this poem was written, um, what year? Well, I can't, I have to find that. But even though it was written before 2023, it still resonates with you. Oh, yeah, definitely. That's what I love about poetry. It's timeless, right? Yeah. And the line that stuck out with me is, I'm running into a new year, and I beg what I love, and I live to forgive me. Mm. Mm. So... Is she referring to like people exactly? I'm running into and I beg what I love. I think, or just or, or more like emotion. I think she's referring to herself. Okay, kind of a a reflection of herself okay. and that makes sense. yeah. And I beg and I love, and I leave to forgive me. It's like this um this leave is it means like leaving. Leaving the old year, going into a new one, and it's and it's um wonderful because um we are starting a new year, right. twenty twenty three. What are your plans for twenty twenty three? Well, so I'm currently a senior here, so um it's my last semester, so uh just trying to graduate. Yeah, the, the the main goal is just to pass all my classes. So uh um after that um of course we try to start my career. Of course. So, um, just trying to get these internships rolling in, and they're starting to roll in a little slowly. I see it. I see it picking up. I was like, okay, we. I I like this. So, uh, just trying to get something going for myself. So, um, yeah. But I fully believe in myself and my capability. So I'm not stressing it. So, um, it's just about letting things fall in place. You know, you can't force you know these jobs and companies to hire you. You just gotta, you know, let it flow. You know, if the opportunity comes, you know, it doesn't come like the next day as soon as you apply for the internship. It's going to. It takes some time. Yeah, that's all. Because it's, you know, especially in New York, it's competitive. You know, other people, the same thing as you do. So, um. It's it's very competitive. Yeah, so. But I think you're a very smart, bright young man. And you're going to have a good, you're going to find a good job in 2023. It's going to be wonderful for you. And Kevin. And uh, I wish we could stay longer and have these conversations because I really enjoy talking to you. Um, but we have to bring it into a close. And then... Uh, <laughs> <It's all right. laughs> yeah, but I'll definitely have you, you know, whenever you want. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be glad to be back on this. This was great. <laughs> so go on our on our little Cornell podcast and we hope... Um, this uh, it becomes a success and we can bring um more people to come to love for a treat totally thank you kevin anytime
Amor Vraje.